I'm going to talk for just a few minutes about angels. I did a study about two and a half years ago, pretty intensive study that I'm going to bring back to you tonight and add a few goodies to them um, about angels and the types of angels and the characteristics of these angels and what God has called them to be to us. It is all scripturally based. It was a deep study that I did, deep dive. And I wanted to share this with you because they're appearing more and more. Now, many a times, many a times, it's not like I'm back to the 1800s, but many times, um, many times uh, they are not going to be visible to you. That's okay. Uh, We don't have to have them to be visible to understand that they exist. They're all throughout the scriptures and they're real and they're powerful uh, there, are nine, there are nine types of angels. The first one is the seraphim. Uh, Isaiah 6.2 talks about the seraphim. These angels are closest to God. They praise God and they represent his love. There are only four, four of them. Their primary mission is to protect the throne of God. So get a picture of these four angels, the seraphim, that literally all they do night and day is to stand guard of the throne of God. And their primary mission is to protect the throne of God, and they have, they have six wings. Two cover their faces, two cover their bodies, and two cover their feet. So they're strange looking, but they're powerful beings. Uh, you're probably going to be able to make some notes tonight, but you'll probably have to go back to the podcast and get all this stuff, guys, because I'm going to have to move pretty quick, and it's going to be a lot of information. The second thing, and I got a real bad buzz or crackly noise up here. I don't know if uh, someone's back there can fix that for me. It's coming through the monitor mix. I'm not sure what's happening. Uh, Number two is the cherubim. And the cherubim is found in Genesis 3 and also Ezekiel 10. And these angels are the second highest in the nine hierarchies of angels. They are the intercessors of God. God has his own prayer warriors uh, in heaven. And their mission is also to protect the throne of God. They are fierce angels, and when they come to earth, they have great power, um, and they have four faces, one of a man, one of an ox, one of an eagle, and one of a lion. Could you imagine that? Four faces, man, ox, eagle, and lion. God has a very uh, creative touch to him. Uh, There's the other angels, and this is all found, these are going to be found in Colossians and in 1 Peter. Um, uh, These angels are called thrones. You've heard of the movie Game of Thrones, right? Thrones. Colossians 1.16 actually talks about it. Their, their name literally means uh, throne or highly or- ornamented chair. Uh, these angels dispense God's divine judgment. Uh, the lower, there are the lower hierarchies of angels, and they need the throne to gain access to God. And so God sets them up in the heavenlies as an access point so that literally the enemy can't go any further than that throne. God sets his angels above the system of satanic power. Satan and his angels do not have their thrones set up in hell. So you cannot say, devil, go back to hell. He's not been there yet. He's going there, but he's not there yet. He is the prince of the power of the air, and therefore, he is in the heavenlies, but the first heaven. Remember, Isaiah talks about that the Satan says, I will arise or ascend uh, to be like God, having my own throne in the heavens. And so there is a first, second, and third heaven. Uh, 
And so he is in the second heaven, which is the supernatural. First heaven is our atmosphere, our clouds, our sky, um, our atmospheric pressure, our space and galaxy and all that. Beyond that is the second heaven, and that's where satanic power is. And then beyond that is the third heaven, that's where God is. But now God has set up thrones that are in between all of that to keep those demonic powers away from heaven and also to give us supernatural power over our enemies. Amen. Um, the fourth kind of angel is the dominions. It's also found in Colossians verse, uh, chapter 1. These are the angels of leadership regulating the duties of the angels. They give power to heads of government and all, also other authority figures. They have the appearance of humans, but they have wings. So they look like human beings, but they have wings. Then there's virtues. You find the virtues in 1 Peter 3. These angels are known as the spirits of motion, and they control the elements. So we're talking about the things of the earth, fire, wind, um, storms, the, uh, the, those kinds of things. They govern all water. They govern all nature and perform miracles. They provide courage, grace, and valor, according to the scripture. Also, powers would be the sixth angels, type of angels, powers, principalities and powers. Colossians uh, chapter 1, these angels have the task of controlling the border between heaven and earth, between the supernatural spiritual realm and the natural realm earth. God is very interested in earth because this is where he set up his kingdom. People say, well, there's other life forms on other planets. I don't know about all that. I'm not a big believer in that. Um, but beyond that, they're, they're not, they can't be like us because only one has been like us. Man was created in God's image. So we are the natural, um, uh, we, are the, we are the natural part of God on earth. So everything in, in that's been made in the earth is natural, but it is blueprints is from heaven. And these angels make sure that that border is secure between heaven and between earth. Those are powers. Then there's principalities also found in Colossians chapter 1. These angels uh, look over groups of people. They are in charge of the world's nations, cities, and towns. Uh, they're very powerful. Their duties include taking charge of religion, politics, and the duties of the angels on earth below them. So um, there are also demonic principalities and powers that we have to pull down. And these, 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 these spirits have great control. So you've got impish spirits that are, that are low level uh, in the hierarchy of demonic power uh, that, that will try to enter people or try to oppress people with sickness, disease, and schizophrenia, and you name it. And <clears throat> that, that's real. But they have very little power. And they just come out in the name of Jesus. And then you have what I would call the, 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 this kind devil. And th this kind devil, that's what Jesus said, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting because they have more authority. And then you have the agreement type devils. In other words, those devils only are brought down when there's the power of agreement within his church. And so the principalities in this city that doesn't like what we're doing tonight, didn't like what we were doing yesterday, doesn't want us to do it tomorrow either. And they want to be able to hold back the, the people of God, hold back the people of God constantly, 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 trying to put pressure on the people of God not to come together, not to be unified. That's what his number one weapon is, is to keep us disunified, keep us disorganized. And now you got a whole generation of people, we don't need organized religion. Well, I don't either. I want, organi I want organization, but not religion. 
I want organized church, organized relationship, but we got to have it organized because how else are we going to be able to attack the forces of hell? But then we've got principalities also and powers that are on our side that are angels of God, but they do the bidding of the word of the Lord. In other words, God has given man authority on earth. Nothing usurps that authority. An angel cannot usurp, usurp your authority. You've been given authority, but when you speak the word of God, angels come to assist you. Just like they were here tonight. Uh, number eight is the archangel. First Thessalonians 4 talks about the archangel. This angel is the chief angel, guardian of the people, and all things physical. The archangel appears only in human form and has the task of being God's messenger to people at critical times of need. Okay? The archangel showed up with Daniel, as, as you, you, you've heard me preach before, and you've read for yourself. And it was a specific critical time in Israel's, um, in Israel's timeline. And so uh, God sent Gabriel and Michael to assist Gabriel to get to Daniel. Um, and by the way, he had to do what? Ain't, the Bible says that he said, I would have been here sooner, Gabriel said, he was an archangel. But I had to what? I had to fight. I had to battle against the prince of Persia. So he tried to come through to get to Daniel, but could not bypass the second heaven because hell, if you want to put it that way, demonic power took all his force to block him, uh, this Gabriel, to, to come to, da to Daniel. So he said, said time out, I'm going to get some backup and call for Michael the archangel. And Michael did battle against the prince of Persia and defeated him. There are, there are spirit, there's spiritual warfare going on in this room right now above us in the heavens. And when you pray, just know you might not get your answer today or tomorrow, but it's on its way. But you keep fighting in the spirit, not with the natural, come on, not in the natural, but in the spirit with his word. Because angels only respond to the word of God in the name of Jesus. Okay, y'all flowing so far? angels and so the ninth one are simple angels we call them simple angels but they're not simple of course but they're angels throughout the bible from genesis to revelation these angels act as our personal guardian they deliver prayers to god and god answers them and he has messages to us by them uh, they have the task of nurturing counseling and healing us that's all scriptural so would it freak you out if I said I saw an angel come in this place with almost like I saw like, a, like, a, um, like a, an urn or something or a vase with oil? Well, the Bible talks about that the oil is like healing or the healing balm of Gilead that is poured out. And so like he begins to pour it out. They assist us. They assist us in these types of things. So who or what are angels? The word angel actually comes from the Greek word angelus, and it means messenger, messenger. Angels are mentioned at least 108 times in the Old Testament, 165 times in the New Testament. I think God wants to get across the fact that they're angels. Uh, the scripture also speaks about the creation of angels. Therefore, it's clear that they did not exist all from all eternity. Therefore, we know that, they, that, that at one point God created them. Only God is eternal. Only God is Alpha and Omega. All of us were born and will live forever, but we have a start date. Same with angels. They had a start date. Um, uh, the time of their creation is never uh, uh, definitively specified, but it's, it's most probable that it occurred in connection with the, the creation of the heavens in Genesis chapter 1. That's what most theologians believe. It may be that God created the angels immediately after he created the heavens and before he created the earth, according to Job chapter 38. 
uh, verses 4 through 7, talks about the sons of God shouted for joy when he laid the foundations of the earth. Sons of God there would be mentioned as angels shouted for joy. While the scripture gives no uh, definite figures, we are told that the number of angels is very, very great. It appears that all angels were created at one time. No new, angel, new, new angels have been added to that number since. Angels are uh, not subject to death or any form of extinction. Uh, therefore, they do not decrease in number. So God had the exact amount of angels that he wanted. By the way, Jesus walked around constantly with at least a legion of angels from one to 6,000 angels at any given time. He walked around because he carried power and authority. Amen. Remember he said, I can call down a legion of angels to get me off the cross or to, to get me from having to do this thing. I can get this thing done and over with, but I have to be obedient to the will of the Father, right? We've got angels, guys, that help us in these matters. If you're going to court, ask God to send an angel before you. If you're fighting a legal battle, ask God to go, go before you with an angel. Amen, somebody. If you're dealing with some, someone in your family member and it makes you kind of nervous, ask God to send an angel to them. Come on, somebody say amen. See, they, they, they're making, they're preparing a way for you, and then you speak the word of God, what you want to see take place, and they now have force. Because remember, that is the sword of the Spirit. So we're literally empowering them with a weapon to go in and fight your battle. Amen. All right. So um, angels are essentially ministering spirits, according to Hebrews chapter 1. And do not have physical bodies like humans. Jesus declared that a spirit has not flesh and bones, rather, and use as you see that uh, uh, me have. In other words, he's distinguishing between the fact that I am physical, but they are spiritual. Um, let's see here. But the Bible does, does, however, make it clear that angels can only be in one place at one time. They must have some localized presence, right? Angels can take on the appearance of men on the occasion demands. Um, or how else, according to Hebrews chapter 13, 2, would it come to pass? It says that we would entertain angels unaware. So one of our visitors here tonight, or one of the visitors that we've come before in our church, church building, and we saw him as just a visitor, could actually be an angel just sitting in our congregation, just to check up on us to see what's going on. Amen. You could be at the job, somebody comes to your office, you could be uh, riding your bike, somebody comes up to you, talks to you, uh, you know, uh, it, could be a, it could be just a, a person looks like a homeless person on the street, and you're talking to them. Remember, Jesus even said, if you feed one of these, or, or if, you, if you nurture one of these, you've done it unto me, so we know that even Jesus can show up in that manner, amen. So, so angels do the same, and I got lots of stories I can tell about that, but for sake of time, I won't do that, but just to show you that. Be kind to everybody because you never know who you're actually entertaining, right? Um, uh, on the other hand, uh, sometimes it's unaware, but sometimes, as the Bible says in Matthew 28, they, come in, they appear in dazzling white uh, robes with a blazing glory in their face. That's what the Bible says. So I, I haven't really seen that yet. I'd love to see that. Um, that'd be wonderful, I guess. Maybe not scary too at the same time. But if you notice, everybody's everybody human being that's ever saw an angel like that bit it. Every single one will hit the dust. I mean, they they begin to do what they begin to worship because the glory is so strong in them. And what does the angel always say? Get up! I'm not Jesus, and I'm not God. I'm just an angel. I'm your servant. But the glory is so much on them as you everything about them wants you want to worship them because they come from the presence of God. It's like a residue about them all everywhere, everywhere they go. Um, so what do angels look like? Uh, since angels are spirit rather than physical beings, they, they don't have to be visible at all. 
uh, Elisha once prayed and, uh, and asked that his servant's eyes be opened, and he was able to see what Elisha saw, which were appeared to be physical uh, chariots uh, and, and physical men of war, but in fact, they were supernatural, they were spiritual, but God opened his eyes to be able to see that. Um, Abraham was visited by three um, um, angels, and uh, when angels do appear, they generally appear in the form of men, and that's how they came to him in Genesis chapter 18. Abraham welcomed three angelic guests who appeared at first to be nothing more than just simple travelers going through town. And the following chapter, uh, two angels went to Sodom where they were assumed to be simply a pair of human visitors, um, and they just look like, look like men. Um, Sometimes an angel appears to be a man with unusual features. Daniel saw an angel with arms and legs that resembled polished metal and, and precious stones. Um, and again, sometimes dazzling white light would be about an angel, sometimes just regular human beings, what they would look like. Angels in the Bible uh, never appear to be uh, cute, chubby infants. Come on, someone say amen to that. Yes, they're, they're always full-grown adults. When people in the Bible saw an angel, they typically response was to fall on their faces. Like I said a moment ago, they were in fear and awe, and they, um, uh, they didn't want to reach out and just uh, tickle the belly of a little chubby angel. Come on, somebody. Right? They, they weren't that at all. And some Bible passages picture angels with wings. Other verses talk about angels flying, and we assume that the, the wings would be useful for that flight because the Bible says that some of them have those wings. Um, however, um, uh, angels can move around without having to depend upon wings because they're spiritual beings, right? Uh, also, angels never die. I think we mentioned that a moment ago, but you can find that in Luke chapter 20, verse 36. Um, angels delivering a divine message. They're, they're, uh, they are stronger than men, but they are not omnipotent. They're not all-powerful. They're greater than men in knowledge, but they're not omniscient. They don't know everything. Uh, they're more no, noble than, than man, but they're not omnipresent. They can't be everywhere at one time. When I say they don't know everything, that's true because they don't even understand what redemption is because they've never experienced it for themselves. The Bible says they look at us and think we're unusual because they, they look and say, why would God want to save them? Because they're so wrong all the time and so imperfect. But they, they know why, but they have a hard time relating with it because they've never had to be redeemed from anything, right? So that's also scripture. That's in your Bible. Um, angels can take on the appearance of men with occasion, uh, with, uh, when the occasion demands. Um, angels do not marry. They don't reproduce like humans do. Although there was a time in the Old Testament where God somehow, I don't understand this. I, don't ask me how. Nobody really knows. Theologians all guess. We don't know. But it, apparently at one time in the Old Testament, they could. God stopped that. And the Bible says the sons, the sons of God came down from heaven. They sinned with the women, saw them to be lust. They lusted after the women, laid with them, and had it created a race of people, half angelic, half human. That's in your Bible, y'all. That's why I say you ain't got to make stuff up to act like you're spiritual. Oh, I'm spooky. I got stuff. I know stuff. There's stuff in that Bible that's hard to believe as it is. It's just crazy. And yet somehow they had seed that was able to be potent and, and they created the, the race of giants. Remember that? And, and then God said, Noah, Noah, you and your family, that's it. I'm done with all this evil in the earth and the seed of man has been corrupted and therefore we're starting brand new with an uncorrupted seed in Noah and his family. So apparently it was possible, but not anymore. God stopped that process, okay? Um, um, all, are all angels good? Sorry, 
But I'm just going to say this to you real quick. You can't trust every angel. You say, well, I didn't see one to trust one, so why ain't got to worry about it? The truth is that these latter days, we're going to see them more often, and Hebrews tells us emphatically, do not trust, do not believe any angel just because they're an angel if they teach some other gospel than what we preach. Joseph Smith, um, uh, he records and he writes uh, in his writings that an angel appeared to him and that's why he got, he started his whole Mormon religion based on what that angel told him. It was another gospel and Hebrews told him not to listen to him. So they can come, they're not all great. They, the devil, Bible says the devil comes as an angel of life to deceive even the elect. Amen. The Bible classifies some angels as elect. 1 Timothy chapter 5, um, some are holy, Matthew 25 and Mark 8. All angels were originally holy, enjoying the presence of God in the environment of heaven. We find it in Mark chapter 13 as well. Other angels oppose God under the leadership of Satan. Um, we often call them demons. So fallen angels, uh, we believe to be demons or demonic power. And there's a lot, there's a lot you could study uh, and a lot of theory that goes behind all of that. Um, demons came from something. So for me, it's just an, an easy step to take that they would be fallen angels that came to earth, that love, that love the lasciviousness. They love the nature of sin, but cannot sin and enjoy it because they don't have bodies to enjoy them in. So they want to oppress or possess so they can carry out their wicked plans and wicked ways. Amen. So, so that's, that's very scriptural. That's in your Bible. Jesus casts out demons all the time. All, can a Christian have a devil? Absolutely yes. Uh, I do not believe in demon possession at that point because demon, the devil and, and God cannot live together in the same house. But he can, he can oppress us. And it can be just like demon possession except for thank God it can't control us from the inside. If he controlled you from the inside, you'd never have Jesus inside of you in the first place. That's swept and clean, but he can come around. See, the, that's why the Bible says you got to get in the word of God. Thank you for coming Thursday night. You get in the word of God because it's the washing of the water of the word. Why do we need the washing of the water of the word? Because when we're in the world, we're constantly dirt, sin, nature, uh, flesh gets on us, and we've got to wash that off. And if we don't, the enemy can come and begin to oppress us. He wants his thoughts, his desires to be, to be, um, to be um, withheld within you. Uh, there's actually a great unseen conflict raging that goes beyond anything that we can imagine. It's, it, 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 it is not, however, a fight between two equals or eternal forces. God, who created all beings, is still in charge. And once he has uh, used wicked angels to accomplish his purposes, what I believe, he'll bring them to a final defeat. God is still pulling the strings. Um, now, real quickly, I'm going to go fast. Here we go. The unnamed angels who appear most often in Scripture carry out a, a bunch of different tasks. Um, all are designed, though, to serve God. Here are some of the tasks at hand. Number one, they, they, they have the task of praise and worship. This is the main activity portrayed in heaven. And Jesus said, we pray, your Father, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And God wants to be praised and to be worshipped because he deserves the praise and the worship. He, he understands that what we, we need it because we're create, when we begin to praise and worship him, joy and peace begins to flood our soul. He knows we need it. It's, we're built like this. We have to do this. 
and we do it by faith. Um, angels, 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 they, they help us. They help us in that praise and worship. Also, they're messengers. We mentioned that a moment ago. They serve as messengers to communicate God's will to men. Uh, third, they're guiding, they're guiders. Angels have get, gave instruction to Joseph about the birth of Jesus, uh, to the woman at the tomb, uh, to Philip also, and also to Cornelius. Study those all out in the word of God. They were actually guiding them. Here's where you go. Follow this, follow this, go to this street. Um, uh, angels also are providing. Their task is to provide. God has used angels to provide physical needs such as food for Hagar. That's in Genesis chapter 21. Elijah also was fed by the ravens and, and also the angels. And Jesus after his temptation um, in Matthew chapter 4 verse 11. Also they are protectors, keeping God's people out of physical danger. As in the case of Daniel and the lions and three uh, friends in the history, friends in the fiery furnace, Daniel chapter three and Daniel chapter six, they are deliverers, getting God's uh, people out of danger once they're in it. Thank God for that. Um, so many stories I've heard of you, testimonies of you and how angels helped you. Uh, matter of fact, I need you, need you just reminded me about the angel uh, that came and supernaturally they're almost in a car wreck, and she said. She's telling me, she goes, I know it's going to be hard to believe, but this is what happened. The car was coming at us, and we're braced for it, and the, when, we, when we went through it, the car was behind us. It was like the car went right through our car. Now, that's either it happened or it didn't happen. Either way, I believe it did, by the way. Either way, God spared them from death because they were ready for the impact, and I believe an angel came. Come on, somebody. And it's like, zap, <laughs> zap. You see those movies? Like people, they come in and they just zap and all of a sudden everything becomes like invisible and then it goes right back to, you know, they almost like create a portal or something, you know. I believe in that. I believe that that's possible and it does happen on a regular. We just don't always notice it. Um, also, they're strengthening and encouraging us all the time. Angels strengthen G Jesus after his temptation in Matthew, Matthew chapter 4. Uh, encourage the apostles to keep preaching after they're released from prison in Acts chapter 5. They told Paul that everyone on his ship would survive the impending uh, shipwreck in Acts chapter 27. They showed up. They were there. Also, they're helping us with answering prayer. God often uses angels um, as his means of answering prayer with his people. Daniel chapter 9, Acts chapter 12. Caring for the believer at the moment of death. In the, in the story of, of Lazarus and the rich man, he read the, that angels carried the spirit of Lazarus uh, to Abraham's bosom when he died. And Luke chapter 16, 22. Isn't that great comfort to know that when we have a loved one that's passing away, or a mother, a father, whatever, that we can be with them to the end and just know that God's angels are in the room to assist them into the presence of God? And some of you, some of you know this. You, you've, you've had this happen. And a mother, a father, or aunt, uncle, somebody was passing away, maybe a brother and sister. And they were believers and they were going in and out of the spirit realm. How many stories have we heard this? They see Jesus or they see angels or they'll see a loved one standing at the door. What is that all about? Well, they're, they're passing away. They're about to pass on and God's given them hope. God's given them peace. Amen. In those moments of their last moments in time here on earth. But they live forever and forever. All right. Um, lastly, they're also, this is the powerful thing. They're executioners, angels of God. Uh, executioners, angels are sometimes used by God to punish sin. An angel of the Lord went forth and smote the Assyrian camp, the whole camp, in 2 Kings chapter 19. The Assyrian army was annihilated. 
A destroying angel was sent, but later withheld to punish David. Remember that story? For his vanity in taking the census of the great number of people that he had. At, that, at, at the time of Moses and the, and the Exodus, Egyptian firstborn were killed by the angel of death. Wow. So angels, guys, church, are here right now on planet Earth. They're ready to assist us uh, no matter what we're going through. And we need to start thinking in terms of that. You know, when you begin to pray, because I want to get this church praying more and more and more. And the more we begin to pray, the more we need to start saying, thank you, Lord, for your angels. Why are we doing that? We're reminding ourselves that it's a whole world here. I'm not just saying a prayer and it's bouncing off the ceiling somehow. And hopefully God got it. I'm, I'm, I'm stepping into a dimension of a world that exists that God said, I want you to pray that my kingdom comes on earth as it is. My will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. So if his will is being carried out by angels in heaven, he wants his will carried out by angels here on earth through us because he's given us power and authority. That takes your prayer life to a whole nother level. Someone say amen. Did you all enjoy that tonight?